And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We're coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today's topic is Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Do you know what year this was made? 1992. Yes, sir. And who made it? Who's the director? Yes, he was also in the movie. That's true. Yeah. 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 He had a brief cameo. Um, John Carpenter. Who also made what movie that we did on the podcast? Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, sir. You only see John Carpenter in the plane scene at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's like, um, I think it's like a helicopter. Yeah, it's a helicopter. Yeah, he pops up for a second, and that's not uncommon for a director, actually, to have a brief cameo in their own movie. You'll see that a lot. Alfred Hitchcock did that all the time. Uh, I, I didn't see Alfred Hitchcock in The Birds. Uh, you totally did. He's just in there for a second. Huh. Yeah. So, it's very rare for the directors to be in their own movies? No, I would say it's really common. Actually, a lot of directors do it. They'll pop up just for a second. They'll just be in it for a second. Because because Hitchcock always did it, so a lot of people do it just for fun, you know? Because my dad was in a movie, and he, like, made the movie, right? Uh, I what, don't. The ones, well, I don't know uh, that I was the, ever in a movie that stay. I directed. The ones who stay. No, the ones who stay hasn't been made. No, <laughs> I wrote it. I haven't been in it. It hasn't been made by anybody. So I think one no. movie you were you played and you were on a skateboard and you had the monster as a puppet. Oh, you're talking about house sitters. Yeah. yeah house no, sitters. I mean I wasn't in house sitters. My hand was in a monster on screen. I was doing some puppeteering, but no, I wasn't in the movie. No, you didn't see my dad, but he was just doing, he was just riding on a skateboard. Yeah, I was behind the scenes and and I was on a skateboard for some really high tech pro dollying. That's right. Yeah. And they also filmed the part on a smartphone. Smartphone is like better than a a camera they had. Yeah, no, we, we filmed part of it on an iPhone. I don't remember which, but it was on one of the iPhones. But yeah, no. Um, I mean, I worked on that movie, though. I wasn't, I didn't direct it. I didn't write it. I was just assistant director, <laughs> puppeteer, camera operator, uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, my dad is also writing. He also writes movies. That's true. But it's hard to cameo in a movie that you have just written. So um, I'm going to say this, but we're going to do... Um, this for Patreon, so you might want to go to this. We're doing Al's story time. Sure. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> that was our idea. We're, we're here to talk about Memoirs of an Invisible Man, and you're already plugging Patreon. Just That's wanted, cool, though. I just wanted to say that. Because... <laughs> sure. I guess it's something to get out of the way now. We're a patron-supported podcast, and Al's writing a story specifically for yes. Patreon. And that is going to be good. We're going to actually do it for uh, multiple episodes. Anytime Al writes a story that he wants to read off to our patrons, we're going to record it up. 
And where can they become patrons of the show? At patreon.com slash word salad. Yes, sir. And with that plug out of the way, <laughs> um, let's move back into Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which was again made by John Carpenter. And it's about um, a guy who's sleeping, but when he's sleeping, the building becomes invisible. Mm-hmm. And this is a cool part. He says, like, this is really cool. I'm tell you two special effects. Um, they put, like, black and stuff, black and blue on him, so it look, and he blends in with the back screen, so he looks invisible. Yeah, we watched some behind-the-scenes stuff on this movie. The special effects were done by ILM, and they had just come off of doing work on The Abyss and Terminator 2, and they used their special effects know-how on this movie, which is a really sort of... um an important movie in the history of special effects, as you hear them talk about in the special features, just because it's at this transitional moment, this bridge between the practical and optical and the CG effects. And they're using a little bit of a mix of both, but a lot of CG in here. Um, there's, there's one more that I want to talk about. And it's like, he looks like he's banging on the wall, but he's just like, um, like fake banging. And it's because... They made, like, audio to look like he's banging on an invisible wall. It's really Yeah, cool. Al was very impressed by the sound effects. Because, oh of course, God. he's miming banging on the window. But there's no window or wall there. And so they added in the sound effect of him banging on it. So there's also one when he's, like, whole invisible. It's so cool because they're just hanging a hat from a string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some great Invisible Man stuff that they do in this one. And it's something that John Carpenter talks in the behind the scenes about having always wanted to do because an Invisible Man movie is a lot of fun. You get floating hats, you get, you know, phones floating around, things getting knocked down when nobody's there, doors opening and closing, lots of fun stuff. Uh, also, when a guy steals somebody's purse, he just grabs it, then gives it to her, then he keeps it running because he was scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the movie is interesting because he's not always invisible to us, the audience. Oftentimes, we will be able to see him, but nobody can see him in the scene, and he can't even see himself. It's just something that we're allowed to see as the audience, so we know where he is. Also, he, uh, he can't sleep. He can't sleep because he has invisible eyelids. Yeah, that was something that always fascinated me about the movie as a kid, the idea that if you're invisible... It's not just this awesome thing that you get to do. You know, I think there's this impression that you have as a child that if you become invisible, you get to have all kinds of fun. Like you get to, I don't know, take whatever you want and mess with people, knock their hats off, you know, ride around on bikes to spook people, that sort of stuff. You have those ideas about it as a kid. But this movie asks practically, what would it actually be like? And yeah, you wouldn't be able to sleep because you can't, you know, close your eyes and go to sleep. Because if you close your eyes, you see straight through your eyelids. Or you could just put a bandage around your head. Yeah, so you totally I... could. But of course, he can't a lot of times because he's on the run, right? I mean, if you're an invisible person and people find out that you exist, somebody's going to want to, like, take you and do experiments on you or force you to do spy work or something. Yeah, like so he's on the run. They they want to make him into a spy. He's, they're trying to say that, but they actually want to kill him, right? I think so. No, they don't want to kill him. They want to sell him or make him a spy. 
you know, well, they want to either use him to be a spy for them or sell him to some other country in order to be a spy for some other country, right? Some other government, something like that. And he's invisible and he just messes with them. I was going to say something, but it was at the end of the movie, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, showing some restraint, not skipping directly to the end of he the movie? He tricks some. I'm just going to say he tricks somebody. Yeah, he well, he tricks a lot of people. You know, he has... There's a lot of great gags in this movie involving his invisibleness, right? I mean, there's no shortage of weird, funny, goofy, kooky, and intelligent things that are done with the invisibility in this oh, one. and he... And he gets, um, like, a knocked-out guy in a car. Oh, yeah. And he, he messes with the guy. Yeah, he uses another human being to hail a cab. Yeah, absolutely. And this one is a movie that I feel, as far as John Carpenter movies go, doesn't get talked about near enough. I have very fond memories of it from when I was a kid. I saw it when it came out in 92. I would have been eight years old. And I watched it as soon as it came out on VHS, and I thought it was terrific. I watched it a bunch when I was a kid, you know, but mostly people talk about John Carpenter's Halloween or John Carpenter's The Thing or Escape from New York or whatever. But nobody really talks about this one in kind of the same way they ignore some of his other more adventure type movies. Something like Starman, I guess, doesn't get near as much love either, but I would say this is like right at the bottom of his filmography in terms of movies that get talked about. And I think that's a shame. I think it's pretty great. Yeah, I think that's great. And also Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that one does get a lot of love, though. (laughs) People really do love that one. Oh, that's a really good movie. My favorite, my favorite bad guy is the guy who rides down on lightning. Yeah. And the guy who just blows up. I know, that's great stuff in there. He blows up. Well, not just any master. Low pan. Low pan? If this movie had low pan in it, then people would be talking about it. Maybe it's the same world. Hmm. Mm. I don't know how to piece them together. There's no clear connection. But this one is also, we should mention, I guess, I was going to say right up front, but we've been talking for a little bit. This one's rated PG-13. And we weren't going to do it for the show, but Al was like, no, we got to talk about this movie. because." He was way into the Invisible Man effects. Oh, yeah. And also, like, they made him, like, in the rain would, like, I don't know how they made the rain. They probably, it was just probably a rainy day. And and the rain would make him so you could see him. Yeah, like his outline kind of glistening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very common thing. I mean, even in the old Universal Invisible Man movies, that was something that was very common. They would get wet or they'd be walking in snow or something like that. or And so then you would see their outline. So to go into some parental guidance kind of stuff, being rated PG-13, it does have some swearing in it, which, Alistair, how do you deal with swearing? You don't say the word. Yeah. If it's you, easy. You just don't say it. Yeah. I mean, if Alistair started saying the words, then he wouldn't be allowed to watch movies with the words in them. So, and I, and like, we live in Chicago. So on the street, any given day, somebody's swearing, you know. So PG-13 means you have to be 13 or you can just not say the bad words in it. <laughs> Two I ways. Mean, that's, that is one way to explain it. Absolutely. There's just stuff in here that parents are strongly cautioned about. There was also 
quite a bit of material that is adult in nature, including innuendo, yeah. that went right over Alistair's head. I don't remember those parts. Yeah, exactly, right? Already gone. Because it just flies over my head. <laughs> I yeah. can't remember. Well, and of course, that kind of stuff. And I remember seeing this movie when I was eight years old, and that stuff didn't register with me either because, I mean, you have no frame of reference as a kid, you know? Al didn't care. He was just waiting during those scenes for Invisible Man stuff to start happening, for bikes to start riding around and bottles and glasses to float across the room, something like that. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, and apart from that, there's some violence, a bit of violence. There's a death at the end of the movie that's pretty, not gruesome. You don't see it. It's kind of off screen, but you do see somebody fall off a building. So. Oh, yeah. So there is some stuff to be concerned about if you are a parent. But as Alistair said, how do you handle PG-13 movies? You can be 13 or you just don't say the bad words. <laughs> there you go. The easier way is to not say the bad words. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I can watch PG-13 movies, because I don't say the bad words. Yeah, some of them. I mean, there are some movies with other kinds of content that I just don't feel I can really explain because to you. there's some things that kids don't need to hear about. Yes. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, uh, when it comes to things like adults in movies kissing and stuff like that, Al just goes, they're kissing again. And that's that's about it. Because I always forget about that part in one day. <laughs> oh, it takes 24 hours. No. And then, it, then it dissolves from your no, memory. No, I'm just kidding. It, it goes by really quick. Sure. Because Because you don't really, care, yeah. right? I mean, what do you remember about this movie? Let's talk about the movie, right? Um, I remember the funny part where, like, he's at a house by the beach, and there's his friends, and one of his friends say, Hey, Nick. Um, like... And Nick is our main character. Yeah. I don't remember what he says, but he says, like, give us something to show you your hair. And he, like, Oh, when they think he's the, dead. And he says, and he turns on the TV, and he's like, he, he turned the TV on through me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he yeah. He the controller. <laughs> yeah, they, they think that he's dead because he disappears. He turns invisible. He disappears, yeah. literally. But then he disappears by, you know, leaving town because these spies are chasing him. And when he falls off the building, of course, he's tricking him. So At the end of like, the movie? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how, that is how he tricks the, the main bad guy is, you know, pretends to be on the edge of the building, uses his jacket, which has some dust on it. No, it's like, it's rain, it's rain. No, well, he gets wet and then he falls in some dust at a, like a construction site. And so, yeah. he's, so he gets wet, and then he gets all the dust on him, on his and jacket. Then, and then he's, like, holding it, then he, like, goes off, then he takes it, and he falls off the building. Yeah, the main bad and, guy. Yeah, so yeah. that's how the movie ends, but yes. <laughs> that's just the last part, so we don't have to talk. You know, there's also, close to the front of the movie, he, like, takes off all this stuff, except his pants, and he's running pants. <laughs> I know. There's all, And I figured this episode would mostly be you just talking about the Invisible Man gags that you like. You oh, did yeah. not disappoint. What are some other stuff he does? This Well, first, let me just explain quickly the plot of the movie. Very brief synopsis, okay. right? Nick is, as Alistair said, sleeping in a building. Yeah. And it's a scientific building. 
and the building ends up with like a, an electrical fire. There's a crazy thing that happens when... He spills coffee on his keyboard. Yeah, one of the scientists spills coffee on the keyboard and it causes a bunch of explosions and whatever they're working on there ends up turning parts of the building invisible so and part they- of the building is turned invisible with Nick in it. And Nick's played by Chevy Chase. Also, how they made the, like, the full... They just hang the parts that were, like, not invisible from strings. That's how of they did what it. what parts? What are you talking yeah, about? Like you got to explain yourself. The non-invisible parts of, of the what? building. Of the building. Of, there you go. So they just hang them by strings. Make sure you qualify your sentences <laughs> yeah. first where you say the invisible parts of the building. Yeah. That's <laughs> what they did after. Yeah. Instead so. of after the fact, you goof. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the parts of the building that can be seen are on a soundstage you know, hanging from the ceiling. But it's a cool effect. I really like that effect a lot where the parts of the building are gone and you can see, you know, the insides of the walls and there's like chunks of room floating in the air and stuff like yeah. that. That's really cool. And they're still intact. Yeah. Because the the invisible parts of the building are still there, just they're yeah. invisible. Yeah. And Nick gets trapped there and he becomes invisible. And then the spies, the, like, government guys, Sam Neill from uh, Jurassic Park plays the main bad guy there. And he becomes interested in having Nick on his team of, like, spies and for murdering and sneaking into places, that sort of thing. And uh, they become aware of Nick's presence in the building because there's a floating hat. Yeah. Because, it's of course, I said they hang a hat from a string. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so then the rest of the movie is Nick running away from Sam Neill and the other spies and generally being invisible and doing invisible man tricks. He also, he also, when you can actually see him, he, you can actually see he's trying to like get back up and go down the stairs, but yeah, he accidentally goes over the like rail and he has one hand trying to hang and he almost falls down. Yeah, so there's what you're explaining is like an action set piece, right? I mean, it is. It's an adventure movie. You know, it's like a romantic adventure movie. The romance comes into play because Nick is in love with a woman whose name I forgot. We didn't take notes on this because we didn't plan on uh, doing it as an episode until Al suggested it like an hour ago. Uh, And we watched it yesterday. But Daryl Hannah from Splash plays his love interest. And it's about the two of them, like, reconnecting after he becomes invisible. And then she's helping him get away from the spies. But, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, like, running around with spies trying to catch him. And they've got, like, heat vision goggles and stuff like that. Yeah. So they can see his heat. Mm-hmm. And this is how they do when he, like, takes another man and pretends he's in a cab. He, like, he puts his fingers on his mouth and, like, <laughs> yeah. big open and shut. Yeah, he uses him like a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. So he's invisible. He uses somebody like a human puppet. That's one that you like. What's another thing you like? Um, I like when he, he takes the purse from the guy running, gives it to her, then he runs away because he's scared. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a good one. That's the a, running pants, that's another good bit. Yeah. Well, what's great about that, too, is like the guys who are trying to catch him, the other spies, are trying to catch him, so they're like running after the pants, and then they catch the pants, and what does he do? He he already has the pants unzipped, and he runs out of the pants, <laughs> yeah. and they just call it pants. <laughs> I know. That's pretty good. 
And then later, it's kind of the opposite because at the end of the movie, he's wearing some makeup on his face in order for his face to be visible. And he takes the clothes that he's wearing off and then he's just like a head floating down the street. Yeah. Then then he gets in a washer and washes it off. But you can see him since there's water on him. Mm-hmm. So he takes... This is at the end of the movie, of course. Then we already told that he falls off the building since he takes that shirt off. Yeah, yeah. He then uses his dirty jacket to trick Sam Neill into falling off the building. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's... You might want to check it out before you let your kid watch it. Absolutely, you will. Um, If your kid is the kind of kid to demand answers about adult situations and things, uh, you know what I'm talking about, listeners. Uh, then you might want to avoid it with them. Alistair, like I said, usually that stuff is way over his head because he's waiting for the monstriness. He's waiting for invisible men with, you know, yeah. who are just pants running down the street. That's what he's looking for. <laughs> Every time you say pants running down the street, I laugh. I know, <laughs> man. Not. You enjoyed that one. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. I know. What else happens in this movie? What other things do you want to talk about here? Oh, I like this part. He takes one of his friends and wraps him up like he's the invisible man. Mm. He's driving the cab with his love interest. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he takes all the clothes off and he's just a floating head. Yeah, that's, well, and that's um, Michael McKean plays his friend from Spinal Tap. They also, uh, Michael have, to put, they also have to put blue contacts in him when he does In his thing. eyes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the most impressive things about this movie is the special effects, you know, and one of the things that they do is they have him at one point getting makeup put on his face in order for him to be visible. And so what they do is they put like a blue head wrap around most of Chevy Chase's head and then they paint his teeth and then they put in blue contacts to completely obscure his eyes so they can blue screen out his you know the most of his head and then his eyes and stuff and then you can see the back of his head yeah and that's computer generated stuff too and there's um a whole special feature about the digital effects on uh maybe the dvd i don't know uh but we have the blu-ray here from scream factory which is uh, a really nice transfer and it's got the deleted scenes, and then a special feature about the special effects, which is totally worth watching. And Al and I were both fascinated by everything they talked about on there. And, like, when he unwraps his head since he has the Invisible Man thing on, the, basically every Invisible Man... Yeah, the man bandages. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he goes very off, traditional. Takes it off, then his love interest passes out. Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah. She's so scared. When she sees for the first time that he's invisible, she just faints right there on the spot. She passes out. (laughs) And he also makes one of her friends spill a cup on her. Oh, yeah. He, like, hits the drink in her hand when she's talking bad about him. Um, she, like, takes the end, then flips it, like... Yeah, dumps it right on her. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. There's some good antics in here. And, of course, this is something that... You know, we've talked about on the show before when we talked about Invisible Men. It's that funny stuff. The stuff floating around, bottles and cups and things, tipping over, bicycles riding away, pants running away. All of that stuff. That's why you watch an Invisible Man movie. And there's tons of it in this one. And 
At the beginning of the movie, he tries to show you that he's invisible, and he takes the gum and blows the gum. Yeah, also, yeah. You can in- see inside him. You sure can. Well, that's more cool stuff about this movie, and it's something that we hear about in the original Invisible Man movie with Claude Rains, the idea that if he eats something, you can see the food in him. Well, in this movie, you do get to see the food being digested in his stomach. Yeah, and like when he when he smokes, you can see the smoke go into, a, in a, go into his lungs. Yeah, which is another great effect. I think that stuff is so cool. And again, when I was a kid, this movie blew my mind. And I'm glad you like it, too. I was really happy to share it with you because when I saw it when I was, whatever, eight, it really was a game changer for me. I think it was the first Invisible Man movie I saw. What? Literally? Um, yeah. Did they hang the cigarette from a string or actually did the special effects plus blowing the cigarette? Well, it was a really complicated effect. They would have had to have done multiple layers there. Probably somebody in a blue suit holding the cigarette to make it look like a floating cigarette. And then, yeah, they would have to do the smoke effects, which would be CG. That would be computer generated. Yeah. Well, and remember, and there's that really nice bit where he blows the smoke out and you can kind of see his face a little bit in the smoke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really cool. And I'm not going to see it. Okay, I have to say, if you want to show... Um, your kids a bit, definitely show them the pants are running. If they only see one part, make it the running pants. Because <laughs> every time you say that, I have to laugh because it's the funniest part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, how do you think this stacks up to other Invisible Man movies? Well, All the ones that we've seen, because you've seen, what, three other ones? Yes, I've seen three other. How does it stand up? How does it stack up? Meaning, like, is it as good as them? Is it better? Do you think it brings new things to the table that the other ones don't? Like, would you recommend this alongside those? You know, how do you um, how do you feel it stands? I think the Invisible Woman. It would, I think it would be a little better than the Invisible Woman. Sure. Because I wanted the Invisible Woman to be invisible the whole time and not be invisible sometimes and not be invisible other times. So you say it's about, like, Invisible Woman in terms of enjoyment, which is the most recent we've seen, so it makes sense that you'd compare it to that. Because that one, it would, this one would be a little bit better, just a tiny bit better. Okay, so a little bit better than Invisible Woman. Um, I also like um, the actual Invisible Man where there's the bad guy. The Claude Rains, yeah. There, picks up a bicycle, throws it at a person. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's the second one with Vincent Price, where he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. He's a good guy, just like just like this one. Yeah, just like Nick. But he's, like, tricking other people. He's a little bad guy and a little good guy when he's invisible. Nick? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. A, so, he, remember, he's like, spills the stuff? That's a little bad. So, he's a little bad and a little good when he's invisible. Sure. I mean, he, you know, like anybody else, I suppose, in one of these movies, he's using it to his own advantage. You know, maybe not the best stuff to do as a human being, morally speaking, but, you know, he's taking advantage of his powers. But at the same time, 
he can't do everything he wants because he does have to worry about the other spies coming after him. So he actually walks around just starving most of the time because if he eats, he knows people will see that food. Yeah, so he just stands around starving all the yeah, time. Yeah, he's just hungry. Remember he grabs that pear and he goes to eat the pear and then some people come along so he puts it on the table and then the guy grabs the pear and walks off eating it. He's like, he puts his hand out like, what? Yeah, like, oh, come on, man. That was my pear. <laughs> yeah. So he just like hide it behind his back? Or well, he hide couldn't it hide it behind his back because you'd see it floating around because <laughs> you'd see straight through his back. Or he could, or he could just Leave it in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he could. That's true. But yeah, I, that's one of the things that I like most about the movie is that it is a portrayal of invisibility as a power that really does explore the downside, the negative side of it. And the Claude Rains Invisible Man definitely explores some of the bad stuff. You know, he goes insane. He becomes a like a madman and he starts killing people. So that is a part of it. But... The actual practical bad stuff that comes with being invisible, like being hungry all the time. Yeah, since they would see your stuff and the spy would catch you since yeah. they would see your stomach. Yeah, and then, you know, not being able to sleep, you know, and, yeah. it, and it really does make you think about, oh, well, yeah, I mean, if being they, invisible might be fun, but, but it would also be kind of bad, um, too. I think they did, so... They didn't put wraps around him on purpose because I didn't think they just wanted to say if you're if you want to be invisible, put wraps on. So because <laughs> that's all. If you In ever most other movies, that's what they do. If you ever become invisible when you sleep, put something around your eyes so you can sleep. Well, then the problem is right. Let's say you put something over your eyes. Light's gonna come in through the top of your head. Or the bottom of your head. Yeah, so, so you're you need all... to wrap your whole head up. Yeah. It's really hard to sleep when you're invisible. If nothing else, this movie teaches us that. And I and it's really a fun movie conceptually in that way. Yeah, it is. So now you know. <laughs> if you're invisible, just try and go to sleep. Put your head under something entirely. Yeah. Like <laughs> if or you like, can, right? Unless you got spies coming after you. Oh, man. Or you could just hide under a blanket. <laughs> yeah, just hide under a blanket. But then when somebody lifts the blanket up to see who's under there, and there's nobody there, <gasps> invisible person. Or you could just hide on your, under your bed. And like, yeah, and just put junk over your head. Um, It would be really easy to hide because I have so much stuff to hide when I'm invisible. If you mean I'm under invisible. your bed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely you need to clean the stuff out from under your bed. No. <laughs> That's the lesson of all this. No. I I need to keep that so I can hide. Uh, yeah? <laughs> Maybe clean out your toy chest and you could just sleep in there like a coffin. <laughs> well, we'll work on making you invisible this weekend then. No. I would not like... Yeah, if nothing else, man, this movie does show you that it's maybe not so fun to be invisible as you might think. Because if you're a kid and you really, really want to be invisible, and and you could do and play and trick people, and, like punch them in the head. Why well, punch them in the head? That's your plan? Just run around punching people in the head? And, and trip people? 
You're violent. You're a Claude Rains. If you think if you think that would be fun, no. You couldn't even sleep. Only if you go under a blanket. Well, and he talks about how if he sleeps, he only sleeps thanks to sheer exhaustion. Meaning he just eventually passes out. He gets so tired that he can't stay awake anymore and he just passes out. Whoa, he passes out? Yeah, that's what he says. He sleeps out of exhaustion. He just passes out. He just falls unconscious. Uh, yeah, he also sleeps on... It's like a pool table. Yeah, basically where you, like, do the ball thing and stuff. Yeah, pool. Yeah, yeah pool <laughs> table. I don't know what's it called. Yeah, it's a billiard table, pool table. Yeah, or in a game it's called a billiard room. Yes, so yeah, billiard. that's true. Did you have anything else to talk about um, about the movie? These are... Other funny invisible man things. Okay, what are some other ones? Um, Lay it on me. We got trying to spray the invisible man. Oh, yeah, they come in with paint. They try you to can, spray him. You can also just stand still. If you're invisible, you can stand yeah. still? When they when they spray you? But well, no, because then there would be, like, you know, spray in the shape of a human, even if you're standing still. Yeah. So that's not necessarily the best plan, but we're not here to teach people how to survive as invisible men. What are some other funny um, stuff they do in the movie? Oh, um, I like the floating head. Okay, so when he's the floating head. Yeah. He is, of course, like uh, going in blackface there, which is problematic because he's dressed up as a stereotypical cab driver from the early 90s in order to avoid suspicion from the other spies so that is of concern there but it was 1992 what can you say yeah. so how they made like him become invisible they just took like a blue screen or a back black screen they didn't take green screen no green screen yeah they used blue screen then and black screen well, yes, yes, that's true. They used, uh, in certain parts, they used blackness to then optically remove him. They probably used, like, blue for when he was going to get rained on. Uh, no, it was actually, they painted him black when they wanted to do the rain effect. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. So. I get it now. Dad, do you have any funny parts? Hmm. Well, why don't we talk about that in uh, Tickled Funny Bones? Tickle your funny bone. So, do we want to go into our other segments? Let's do funny bones first. Okay, so in, so we'll start with tickle your funny bones. Alistair, what is the funniest moment in I Memoirs of an Invisible Man? The running pants. Running pants. <laughs> um, I think the running pants because I always laugh about it. What's and yours, Dad? I, I would say it's probably that same moment, but there's another one that I like where there's a guy on the beach fishing and Nick goes running past. He's wearing like shorts and a t-shirt and a headband and wristbands. He's exercising, but all you can see is the clothes running down the beach and he runs past the guy and he's like, morning, you know, and the guy doesn't even look back at him and he's like, yeah, morning. And then this, just the clothes go running past. That's pretty funny. I like yeah. that. So yeah, those are those are both good ones. Yeah. Well, I also my second one is uh, floating head. It's it's a really funny moment. He like takes all his clothes off, then dives. I think he, like dives and runs. Yeah. Well, yeah. He he has to take his clothes off while he's moving. So what's interesting then is we move from 
Tickled Funny Bones into Beastly Best, which is about the coolest moments. So do you think there are cool moments in this that aren't necessarily so funny, but just like straight up cool? I like the the traditional part where he wraps his head around. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. The the good old fashioned head wrapped invisible man. When you see that, you know you're dealing with, at the very least, a decent invisible man movie. He also wears some other clothes and has, like, he always has goggles on. Yeah, I mean, his eyes. I mean, what can they do with his eyes? You know, I mean, you can't paint his eyeballs in. So he's got to wear goggles or something so that you can't see that he doesn't have eyes. But otherwise, you know, they can paint his teeth. They can paint his face. But his eyes are just holes in his head no matter what you do. If you draw eyes, they can just take the lenses out. But... Nope. Well, I mean, you'd have to get fully colored contacts, which are very difficult, especially because if you need to see, you'd have to have a hole where your pupil is in order to see out. So, maybe. That's why they just made it holes in his head. Yeah, and they just put goggles on him. I would say the coolest moment is probably when he tricks the other spy into running off the side of the building. Oh, I also like when you can see his vision when he falls in. That's really cool when you can see what he sees. When you see what who sees? With the our main character, the invisible man. When you can see what he sees. Oh, when he wakes up in the building and he's like invisible and he's walking around? No, at the end of the scene when he's in like when he falls into like the dust. Hmm, I don't remember that, but, no, but I'll take your word for vision. it. Do you have any get spooked moments? Are there any things in this movie that you think are spooky? Um, no, no. Oh, when he almost falls off the bill, like when he almost falls off the rail. Oh yeah, when he's trying to escape from the spies, and he and he does, he he almost falls down the spiral staircase. There's a lot of exciting stuff. I don't know if it's spooky, but there's a lot of exciting kind of action yeah, adventure kind of stuff. That's the spookiest. But yeah, that's one of the and spookiest. When he, Tricks him to fall off the building. Those are not very spooky. This is a very fun movie. Yeah, it's an action-adventure, romance kind of movie. And there's, like, basically non-funny stuff. Those are the... What do you mean non-funny stuff? You mean (laughs) no spooky stuff? Yeah. Okay. Those are the spookiest you get, and they're not even spooky, basically. Sure. Yeah, so there you go. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. And if you don't know what memoirs is, it's memories. Yeah, yes. I've had to answer the question, what are memoirs, about seven times in the last week. Because uh, for some reason, it just didn't settle into Alistair's brain. But now I remember. Yeah, it's when you write your memories down. Or in his case, videotape yourself explaining your past. Yeah. So there you go. A John Carpenter movie that isn't particularly spooky. Yeah. All those movies are spooky, except this one. Yeah, I mean, well, you haven't seen Starman. Uh, Dark Star isn't particularly spooky either. But, uh, yeah, nonetheless, a fun movie. I highly recommend it. And by the time you hear this, the new Scream Factory Blu-ray will be out. So I recommend picking it up. So, Alistair, before we get out of here, shout-outs. I have a shout-out for um, Nightmare Junkhead. Yeah. And a friend over you. Hugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hugh. I've never said that name in a long time, so I don't remember. Hugh. Hugh. What's his show called? Undead Wookie. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, Pitney and Amelia, don't forget them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, other shout-outs, stories, fables, ghostly tales, um, slums of film history will be ending its run here. Uh, or I guess, no. Oh, boy. They would have just posted their last episode when we recorded this. So uh, slums of film history will be done. But get listen to them all. Go back and listen to them if you've not listened to slums of film history. Uh, Terrible Terror podcast. And, oh, the importance of seeing Ernest. Listen to them. We just did our Ernest episode last month. So there's another podcast entirely about Ernest. And with that in mind, Real Feels podcast with our friend Drew. Yep. Who's one of our patrons. Yeah. And he was on uh, quote unquote guilty with me talking about Ernest Goes to Camp, which came out the same day as our episode on Ernest Scared Stupid. So lots of Ernest stuff going on. Um, We... Me, my dad, and my friend Joe, both together, we did the Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, we sure did. That was a fun one. That was a lot of fun. So, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, uh, Retro Cinema Podcast, of course. The Countdown Movie and TV Reviews. A lot of great folk out there in the podcasting community. So, uh, give them a listen. Yeah. Give all of them a listen. And, uh, yeah, with that, you can follow us on Twitter at... Cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook at the Cadaver Cast Critters and Creeps Club. So check us out there. And if you want to send us an email, you can shoot that over to us at cadavercast at gmail.com. And that is cadavercast one word. Alistair, would you like to sign us out, my boy? You've been listening to another episode of Cadaver Cast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks. Thank you for listening, everybody. We love ya. If you're a kid and you really, really want to be invisible, and uh, and you could do and play and trick people, and, like punch them in the head and and trip people. <laughs>